Owlblock Studios is so excited to present today's episode of WSWT. We would like to apologize for any unwanted sounds in today's show that impact upon listenability for you, the audience. Please take it away, Ness and Tula. When Strong Women Talk is a Why Power podcast proudly produced by Owlblock Community Studio. WSWT was born when two friends decided that enough was enough. Like the world at large, we found ourselves going through a major shift in what we wanted to say and what we've been given the space to say historically. I'm Ness, and I'm the CEO and founder of Why Empower Australia, a youth mentoring advocacy service geared towards connecting young people with knowledge, opportunities, and each other. I'm Tallulah. I am a social science student by day and a hardworking hospital worker by night. I love cake, activism, and the colour yellow. When strong women talk, anything is possible, and the shroud that currently surrounds us is lifted. We talk all things sex, politics, gender, spirituality, and leading from friendship and compassion. We're so glad that you could join us. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present, future and emerging and anyone who's listening to our podcast today. You should be like, full disclosure, I have my period. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I would tell that. everyone. I feel like people will respect that honesty. I literally tell everyone at work too. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my period. And I think that it shouldn't be a culture of being like, oh my god, and I'm bleeding. I say it all the time, but I'm like, why can people deal with like horror movies but they can't deal with like the idea of women bleeding from their vaginas? Yeah. Like, you literally were created from my shedded uterus lining. Yeah. <laughs> this will grow in the start, I feel. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, because we... I we should do an episode on periods. Well, I think that's one of the, our ideas, right? Periods. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Hello. To take two yeah. of our second episode. Two, two. <gasps> Repeated number. There you go. Um, we recorded this second episode a couple of days ago, but <laughs> there were so many noises in the background. Our um, um, Ness's cat Maggie decided to make so much noise, and our producer decided to have a shower mid mid show. <laughs> so um, I'm like a massive perfectionist, and so I, I called up to Lola while she was at work, and I was like, "We need to do it again." And I was like, "Oh," because we had such good conversation. Like we always have good conversation, but it just like. We were really on a roll and it was great. We were, but I feel like we can we can still hit it. Oh yeah, no for sure. You know? Set your expectations high, people. This is going to be a good episode. I think so too. We're doing it again. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to talk to you guys today about the need for mentorship. Yeah. And a little bit about the work that we're doing at Why Empower yes. and why it's so important in a broader community and macro level. Yes, but before we do... We need to thank everyone for the reception yes. we had of us from our first episode. Yes. Um, it was so encouraging. And, like, every day I get friends messaging me or people coming up to me being like, I love your podcast. It's amazing. And I'm like, oh, that's so 
fantastic to have like something that we've put our like time and energy into and like love into and everyone's like receiving it so well mm. i also think that a lot of people um really needed this space as well because it yeah. doesn't really exist anywhere else yeah being leaders in a bit of a frontier a new frontier yeah. Um, in the discussion that, like, you know, women don't necessarily get to have on a daily basis with such honesty. Yeah. At sure. least. Yeah. Well, so I, we didn't even promote it. Not really. We just promoted through our own personal Instagrams. Instagrams. Yeah. And, I mean, the Why Empower Instagram a little bit. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're very grateful to everyone that's shared our content. Um, yeah. So Sarah from Melbourne, thank you. Atong, thank you so much for sharing our content. Zah as well. We love you. Baby Zah. Baby Zah. Kat, thanks for coming up to me in the MP. Yeah. You're a really cool lady. I hope we can be friends. My parents and my auntie have a listening party, which is quite cute Aww. together. Um, my little heart can't, can't take it. <laughs> um, I also w- want to read out a little message that I got from my friend Sarah from Melbourne. She said, I truly thought it was great. I know you mentioned it's for young people from maybe 17 approximately up but I found it really insightful and I'm 34 at the end of this month Ness you are very intelligent and articulate articulate yourself extremely well one of the things I liked the most was that you and T take a really considered approach to all the topics you introduce for the themes of the podcast I really like the themes of socio-political spiritual slash work-life relationship balances and respecting people's capacities and boundaries Plus the being nice and giving randoms compliments that aren't creepy. (laughs) The community aspects, sharing meals, cooking, all of those are great. Nailed it. Also, I legit lolled at the guy kicking you both out of the spiritual shop. Oh, yes, Mac. Yes. So we had to re-record this podcast, and I'm really happy with how the conversation went. But I think we made some really good points in take one. So we might put in a little snippet here. Well, today's podcast, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking a little bit about mentoring and why right up your alley. Yeah, it's my jam. It's my jiggity jam. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> you can cut that, right? Sure. <laughs> Audio boy, keep it in. Thanks. No. <laughs> um, so why empower? Um, for those of you that don't know what why empower is, why empower is a youth mentoring advocacy service that I started in January of twenty twenty. Um, right when the pandemic hit. So basically all of isolation, um, I spent developing all these programs, um, a mentoring program. It it originally started out as a job readiness program, but as I was developing it, I realized that I could never start that without a mentoring program alongside it. And I just really thought about a lot of the gaps that I had faced throughout my career and throughout my education. Um, and so many instances where I was like, damn, I could have used some, some goddamn assistance, you know, like I was a little lady drowning and it was just like swim bitch, like swim small fish. (laughs) And like many times I sank, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm hoping to make some change with, um, with why empower. So nobody else ever has to go through that ever again. Yeah. Um, and basically, I always say it, but like, why empower is everything I wish I had access to when I was 17. I love that. Yeah. Um, Ness is the CEO. She doesn't like saying that because no. she's humble. I like founder. Call me founder. But mm, Found- I'm going to. Founding mother. Founding mother. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that too. I don't like that either. Um, 
I like it. Tallulah is a co-founder, and she's also one of our um, mentees as well. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, I'm also still looking for a, like another mentor as well at some point. Like I have great mentors in my life at the moment. Like Yemi, thank you, Yemi, for everything that you do for me, for uplifting me, and for coming into my life at the exact right time that Yemi I needed can. you. Yummy Pen. She has a book called Did You Get the Memo? You should read it. I think we talked about a little bit about it in the last, last podcast. Yeah. But please do read it. It's very good. And her work is one that, you know, this world needs right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, mentors, mentees. Are you wanting to be mentored? Sorry, just quickly. Are you wanting to be mentored through Why Empower Yourself? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I want to also find a mentor in my own organization. I'm currently mentoring someone. I'm mm. mentoring Sarah, which is very exciting. A friend of ours. We, we're starting our mentor partnership next week, um, which is, you know, I've spent almost a year matching other people up and kind of feeling a little bit left out and being like, what about me? <laughs> so I finally have a mentee and I'm like so excited about it because, yeah, I, I definitely like have a lot on my plate right now, but I've always wanted to be able to like in that capacity and I think I've always done that in a way mm. through my relationships with other people but having it in a formalized context I feel will be like a very big learning curve for me. I found being mentored really fun. It's really like enriching. I don't know just having someone be like you're all good when they don't have to. Like I'm not not that I'm not friends with my mentor but like I wasn't necessarily friends to begin with because I met her through this and I feel like your parents have to be like you've got this it's fine and then your friends are like I believe in you because they do but like they kind of have to say that yeah. but somebody who seriously doesn't doesn't have any fucking skin skin in the game just turns around and be like no actually you're so fine yeah it's nice yeah and I feel like mentoring itself is is a process right where sometimes you can get it right and sometimes you can get it wrong and I yeah. know that your first mentor didn't necessarily work out yeah but she did help you with your tax returns yes because I'd never done my tax before because I always just went that's too scary I don't know what I'm doing but Um, you did like four in one go which is incredible well like I only started working when I was 16 and so I did every single tax return since then and because I was so young I wasn't needing really to pay tax it wasn't that big of a deal like they I the tax office yeah there we go the tax office (laughs) was not like after me like wanting to get me to pay a fine or anything it was more that it was just a big red writing on my account ow <laughs> what did you do i smushed my foot on your chair that hurt injuries on the podcast it is but yeah and then she helped like she literally walked me through it it was great i'm so glad yeah because i could have gone like a lot well, if it weren't for her, I still wouldn't have done them. True. And my mum was like, you need to pay someone to do it. But I didn't have to. Yeah. And I got it done and it was exactly right. And I even got a tax return. I love it. It was great. I love it. Yeah. And like, even though you're not in a partnership with that person anymore, that's something that you can like take away from that and be like, they actually really helped me with this. Yeah. So thank you if you're listening. But I, I honestly, I think mentoring is so important. I, th- I truly do believe it's the next frontier. At some point in your life, you should be either mentoring someone or mentored by someone. True. Um, just because I think, you know, how else are people supposed to succeed? Like, yeah. that's that's the big... And it doesn't have to be a formal scary thing either. Yeah. Um, you can just simply be like, hey, do you want to go out to coffee? And then once there, be like, 
I really admire you. I really look up to you. Do you think you could help me? Yeah. Advise me on things. And, like, if you're looking for a program that has more guidance, our mentorship partnership program. Yeah. Get, get in amongst it because... Yeah, we're always looking for new mentors and new mentees. Um, and our mentor partnerships, well, you could probably talk about this, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, but our mentor partnerships usually go for about a year um, and you stay in contact for at least around an hour a week. And some people have flexible arrangements where they only do like four 15-minute conversations or whatever. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just important to have someone in your life that is invested in your growth and who wants to see you succeed. Yeah. Especially in a time like now, mm. I think with like a world pandemic and all of that came from 2020, like the Black Lives Matter and all of that, the fucking Capitol Hill shit, I think, and like Donald Trump, I think having support through someone mentoring you is incredibly important. Mm. Um, and like, I don't think we can really get anywhere without support from each other. And, like, um, community used to be such a thing that mentoring like this was very, like, normal. But I think, and I'm going to be this guy, but I think that capitalism has sort of created a dog-eat-dog world where people are just doing their own independent shit now. Mm. Um, And, like, each their own... I think there is a place to be independent, but I think also you can't do everything on your own and sometimes you do need support and I think you do need to be able to be like, I'm going under, help me. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's probably also why we have such huge rates of youth loneliness Yeah, and very, very awful mental health um, more broadly just because there is mm, currently not that support. Yeah. I mean, we kind of always... I've talked about this before, but we always kind of live with our feet not touching the ground, Mm. you know, and connected to the earth. And I think that's something that's inherently problematic about the way that we live. Like, I love living in this apartment, but, yeah, I had to kind of bring plants into it to be able to... Yeah. Well, there's, like, like, we have a beautiful tree across the street, but, like, that's really the only nature that's already present without Mm. all the plants. Mm. Um, and yeah, I do think that like when we look outside, all we really see is buildings. And at sunset, it's really beautiful because the sun bounces off really nicely. But like, yeah, we don't really get a nature mm. sort of time, yeah. time with nature. Yeah. Um, which is why I think you like going to the beach a lot as well and going on hikes and stuff. You got into doing hikes. I did. I did. And going to your parents' place was dope too because yeah. nature everywhere. I was like, this is where I want to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, My parents live on a property and um, was it last week? The week before, I think. The week before. Um, we all went to stay for a couple of days with them. Yeah. And that was where I grew up. And... Um, it's incredibly beautiful it's like one of my spiritual places and like um yeah just such beautiful country yeah mm, you spent most of i say there as well didn't you yes yes, yes. i went well because it lockdown for australia started um early march and my mum's birthday is around the end of march mm. so i was going i was planning on visiting anyway for like a few days 
and so I packed I knew that like something was happening but I thought it would blow over in two weeks I was like oh this is like we'll get it sorted and then I packed for max two weeks got there was there for a couple of days and then ScoMo was just Mm. basically like stay yeah and I was like well fuck damn and I mean like we almost hit I think have we hit yeah we've already hit the one year anniversary right Mm -hmm. yeah so this time last year we were in lockdown Mm. and we didn't come out of lockdown until June which when you really put it into perspective that's a long way like like, we've still got the rest of this month then we've got May Mm. and then it's June like that's a long time it was a really long time I remember when it was like happening and I was honestly like wow like what are we gonna do for three months yeah yeah well they were saying that we could possibly like worst case have been in lockdown until September yeah which I'm really glad we didn't yeah but that was that would be a whole other three months on top of that Mm. that's crazy to me yeah yeah I think it um it's such an upheaval of like where we were at but I think in a way I feel like it was kind of necessary for like where we were headed yeah and like yeah there's a lot of people at the moment that I hear talking about it that say that like we're kind of going through like a major shift in consciousness obviously age of Aquarius and all the rest of that Mm -hmm. um where you know we needed something huge to be able to disrupt the the flow of where we were going yeah and you know where we were at because we were kind of living in our own little bubbles with no real regard for anywhere anyone else and this pandemic kind of forced us outside of that Mm. to think about you know how our personal hygiene affects other people and like other people who are in lockdown longer than us and things like that so yeah yeah i think we are dealing with it on a more global scale which is something that we should be doing more with like for example with climate change and things like that like yeah for sure we're very tribal sometimes humans can be Mm. and i feel like that doesn't do us a service in most instances and I feel like the time for action on it is now because yeah. it is so fresh and I feel like there's so many people that haven't been able to go back to work yet as well. So there's like a lot of people that aren't really doing very much at the moment that could be, you know, perhaps getting involved in their local community initiatives or, yeah. you know, perhaps putting their hand up to mentor, for example. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I think if you went through the whole pandemic and then you came out of it and you didn't change anything, I think you missed the point of the pandemic. True, true. (laughs) I mean, that is to say that we were two very lucky people throughout the pandemic. This is is very true. We did have the capacity to be able to think over things. Yeah. I think um, um, a lot of people in Australia were able, were in a similar boat where they were able to have the capacity to think over things, but I think possibly people in, like, America throughout because they're still partially in lockdown Mm. i don't even know if they truly had a lockdown Mm. but i think some of them were probably under a lot of stress well i mean even more locally like i'd say most international students had a horrible very true yeah right um like according i think i believe according to sydney alliance um seven international students committed suicide last year Um, because they were just like there's no other option and there's no support from the government and like what are you supposed to do like just starve yeah um so yeah um i think there's a lot wrapped up in that as well like a probably separate discussion to be had yeah around how international students are treated 
um, in Australia, particularly kind of like cash cows, um, and also just not given anything. They don't even have an international student concession card or anything. Yeah. Um, for people who are studying full time, and I think that's, you know, a big fault on what, where we're currently at. Um, and I think we could be doing a lot better in that space, in so many spaces. But that's a big one. Yeah. I'm like no. Yeah. That's so, good. so, I mean, I'm not happy it really happened as it did, but I'm happy that we had the time to be able to just fucking sit with ourselves and be like, what is happening and where am I at? Mm-hmm. Because as we covered in our first episode, 2019, I was not in a very good place. Mm-hmm. And I think 2020 was the time that I needed to recover. Mm-hmm. I really had a time of being like, oh, fuck. I need to actually just process Mm. and so I'm really glad that I was with my parents in a place that I was comfortable um, to be able to just be like oh okay this this that the other that happened and I can move through it now Mm. Um, because yeah it really just knocked me and yeah you were able to start lion power Mm -hmm. in that time where you could just sit down with yourself and like nut it all out and be like this is what I'm going to do, these are the frameworks I'm doing, these are the details here and like you weren't distracted because you we had all the time in the world it was crazy timing yeah yeah. because I think about it and like it's never really happened before where people get basically like a license, like a free license to just do whatever you want Yeah, for like three months, you know, if you have the means to yeah um, and yeah, for me it was like just consultation after consultation and just like writing things out so that I wouldn't forget them and like so much happened in the span of like three months even though like it felt like the world stopped Mm. almost but I feel like it stopped in a way that it allowed people to like breathe which is something that previously we haven't done before you know like we have short breaks amongst the year but sometimes I feel like those breaks exist so people don't go insane and like start you know rioting in the streets yeah like when easter comes around it's like a a hefty gap between easter and like christmas right and sometimes i think back to when i was like working and i was like i would like literally lose my mind between that period because i'd be like there is no time to breathe like i'd be working nine to five usually Mm. and then commuting about two hours of my day in that and then like having to also like make sure that I feed myself and clean my house and I don't know how people do it yeah neither you know well I don't work a nine-to-five normal job but I don't get public holidays either yeah yeah (laughs) so I mean yeah I don't I don't know how I do it I don't know how people like that do it I just (laughs) working is a lot to wrap my head around yeah and I mean I guess it goes back to what you said before and not to be that person but yeah like the system's that we currently use like economically to keep this world running yeah. you know I think there's something that we need to address quite quickly because you know we're kind of just starting I feel to go back to normal and I feel like we're not about to have that discussion I think we should about whether or not everyone was happy before mm-hmm. um, and whether or not the problems of the pandemic just highlighted the fact that those problems existed in the first place before the big C yeah exactly Mm. because they did (laughs) spoiler alert they did yeah 
Um, but it's just we started talking about it and I'm so glad that there's been like a bigger discourse around mental health and things like that since it happened because no one was talking about it before yeah true you know and And like moving towards like a hybrid system now where people are like actually today I'm working from home actually we can facilitate disabled folks yeah (laughs) we discovered (laughs) yeah or um single parents yeah and like why empower with all of our meetings we're gonna start having them hybridly it's still working okay good um so we we tried to make the most of the pandemic by um pretty much expanding outwardly on a national scale from the get-go because we knew everything was going to be happening online anyway and because our mentor partnerships are so flexible they can be held online if that's what people want to do Mm. with their time Um, and it was just such a good time for it because people were just alone with their thoughts and sometimes it was good to like break that up a little bit and have um, you know like a one hour session where you can just talk to someone and be vulnerable about about what's going on in your life yeah Um, and yet towards the beginning that was like one of the biggest rewarding things for me was being able to do that and create that space for people to do that but also provide like a framework for them to do it safely because I feel like a lot of organisations tend to like want to involve young people but they don't necessarily think about what could go wrong in that scenario Mm. and they're kind of just like go for it have fun and like you know we have an ethics framework that talks a lot about like what we expect people to sort of um adhere to like no discrimination for example um which is just like stock standard stuff that you really really shouldn't have to say but i guess it's kind of like groundbreaking that we are saying it because not many other organizations are yeah so well not really to speak badly on every organization but like to have someone like you like leading it who actually cares really i think shows um because (laughs) i do think that like individuals care but i think like within organizations and like my mum was a ceo of a very big organization and i truly think that she cared but the big people the big Changes of these big organisations I think have lost compassion and that's my own personal opinion but I do think that like power corrupts money corrupts and I think that they probably went into it wanting to help and wanting to be and wanting to care for these people but have just sort of by means or reason of whatever just lost it Mm. and so I really admire that you have actively wanting to be ethical and compassionate and working through empathy like they're your big three and like and I think and from this conversation actually I realized that like in lockdown like you were still hopeful and I think that's really interesting because I definitely was not I was like the world is ending goodbye I'm happy I'm here in like my happy place but like we're going yeah and like that's why I drank all that red wine because <laughs> you're like someone's gonna enjoy it yeah well my my parents had this like red wine collection that they like built up over decades and then my mom was like the world is ending drink it and I was like fair I will. Thanks, Mum. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you were just like, no, actually, I see, I'm feeling really hopeful and I believe that we can get through this. Mm. I'm going to create something that can blossom once we're out of it. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. But also, like, within it as well, you know? Mm. We started our programs while we were still in the pandemic. Mm. 
you know? Well, we technically still are, but we're just yeah, true. feeling true. here in, in Australia. I feel like this is coming up a lot lately for me as well. Like, yesterday, I went to go see Mac um, with my mum. Mm, yes. um, and he... The yeah, crystal guy. He was talking a lot about, um, like, politics. Like, people do go into it, um, you know, with certain ideas and certain ideals, but there are systems that suck that out of you. Yeah. Um, and it's not... I, I was talking about this as well. It's not something that happens very suddenly, but it's almost like a gradual erosion of your sense of self and your values that you hold. Yes. Well, I, I think the same could be said for police officers. Yeah. Like, mm, I'm not going to touch too much onto that, but, like, there's... I think a lot of people go into that being like, I have a very strong sense of justice. I want to protect people... I'm going to do this. I think a lot of them... I think, obviously, there's some who don't, but I think there's a lot of people who go into that feeling those ways. Mm. Um, and then it just, yeah, it erodes, like you mm. say. And in different ways, I think politicians and, obviously, police officers, but, like, similar similar shit. Like, mm. yeah. Mm. And, yeah, I think it goes to, like, the organisations that you're speaking to as well because it's very easy, I feel like, especially if you're, like, heading up a big organisation to lose that because yeah. you have so many people that you're supposed to be trying to look after. But I feel like, you know, we also have this idea of leadership that only one person can lead, and I disagree with that. Well, that's what you talked about in the last episode, too, when I was like, I don't like the spotlight. And you were like, well, there's this, like, really strange idea. What is idea it? That, what is like, the spotlight? Yeah, and there's this really strange idea that it's only one person at a time. Yeah. Well, why can't it be fucking everyone? Yeah. Well, I think everyone has like, a responsibility to lead. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone has the capacity to lead as well. Um, but I think, yeah, we have this idea that, you know, we only get to pick one or two people. But in reality, like, when you're operating within a community structure, you have different people that lead in different spaces. You're not going to be the person that's going to be able to manage, one, everyone, and two, everything. Um, so it just makes sense to be able to say, hey, I really trust you, and I think that you can handle this on your own. Like, let's talk about it once every three weeks or something you know yeah and i think um if it's really community minded it kind of removes a lot of competition yeah and i think especially in politics that's something that really it really ruins what i think politics is originally there for Mm. you know what i mean like i think obviously it is an election game and so there's some kind of competition innately in it but i think that once you're in it once you're in the party shouldn't be a competition it should be a team game mm. and as a politics student i've thought about this a lot I, I just think that like that's what ruins it so much is they go in there and they're like hello teammate you're actually my competition mm. and yes obviously like i said it is innately a competition and so there is going to be some parts of that but it i don't think it should be 100 percent of the time mm. and in Australian politics, if you're an international listener, I don't know whether you'd know so much about it, but I think that's what stopped so many women, for example, going into politics or at least even having a good time mm. while they're there. Mm. Because, well, obviously there's sexism in that too, but like the competition is so tight for mm. women too because there's not so many of them in there well that the other thing <clears> is, is there, there's not as many opportunities available there you go yeah. yeah well i yeah i think there needs to be a serious reorganization of the way that we do politics if, yes if it continues yes um one i truly believe that we should not be allowing big business 
to basically puppeteer our politicians yes. and fund their elections because that makes zero sense. Um, and I also truly believe that we should be placing more of an emphasis on not a flat structure, but like a structure where it's kind of like jury duty. Like everyone gets a turn and nobody really wants to do it. But when you do do it, you do it well. Yeah. And then you pass it on to someone else, you know, because I just, yeah, the way that we, that it currently operates is just unsustainable. And I think that we're currently seeing that with everything that's been happening um, in the media with politics at the moment. And like, to be honest with you, it's, it was, a long time coming yeah um so i'm kind of glad that like everyone's sort of having a conversation about it now but i think more needs to be done like it needs to move from a conversation stage into an action stage yes where people are getting pressured to actually change things Mm. and i think that's not gonna come from unfortunately individuals i think individuals need to collectivize get involved in their local communities um and then join organizations like why empower and start engaging in advocacy initiatives and like campaigns and stuff that we're running and that like you know erosion of sense of self i think that's something that also comes with social media um and that comes with mobile phones and things like that because we are always looking down instead of looking up and like constantly scrolling almost to fill the boredom of you know existence sometimes yeah Please bear in mind that there's some water noise in the background from we our have, fish tank. We have two fish. <laughs> and from our water bowl for our cat Maggie. Yeah, and I guess that leads really well into like what we're doing with the International Social Media Association, ISMA. fortunate enough to meet last year and who asked me to sit on um, their youth council as the youth council chair. Um, and we have an event coming up on the 4th of May um, for the launch of the Take Control campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Take Control campaign is all about um, its initi- initiative of the Youth Council um, to place that power and that knowledge back in control of young people and their parents. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to be going out to a few local schools and asking young people um, what they uh, like about social media, what they dislike about social media, what they wish they could change about social media, um, and then also going into um, the parental discussion and changing that like to know because I feel mm. like the discussion around parents is more knowledge around the subject, right? So what do you know about social me- media? What do you wish you would you, you knew about social media? And what do you wish you could change about social media or the way that you interact with it? Mm. So having two very different but important conversations in the same room I think is something that's never really been done before. And I am so excited for it. Like I'm geared up. And the universe has been sending me messages like all month, all month about it. I've been getting like little breadcrumbs all over the place about what I should be doing in this workshop. And I'm so, I feel so plugged in and turned on. Um, Okay, story time. I was on a bus and I was coming home and there were these three lovely young ladies on the bus. And it was so funny because... I saw them, like the sun was reflecting on them and so it was reflecting onto the window of the bus where I was sitting and it was almost like I had a perfect television screen into what was happening without having to make it obvious and like stare weirdly. (laughs) So I was like, wow, this must be. Um, And they, instead of talking to each other, one they were being, like one of them was being incredibly mean to the other two um, and they weren't actually speaking to each other at all. They were just speaking to each other about what was on their phones. Mm. And I literally watched them for pretty much the entire bus ride just staring at their phones and being like, 
Stacy did this and like I hate that she did this and like blah 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 and just talking about what people had done on their phones mm. um, and I, I kind of just started thinking about it and I was like is this how young girls relate to each other at the moment and communicate with one another at the moment because if so that really concerns me um, and so yeah I was kind of like ruminating on that and then last night I had a really lovely conversation with my friend Sarah um, and we were talking about you know a bit of a hard experience I've been having with a friend mm. um, and yeah I, I basically laid it all down and I was like I feel like this and I feel like that and like I don't know why she doesn't listen to me and as I said that my phone like literally flew out my hand onto the floor and it was like an aha moment like from the heavens and I was like she doesn't listen to me because she's consumed by her phone Mm. and every time we've ever had to have like a hard discussion about anything it's always like the phone that's like interrupting us from doing that like and you know whether that be consciously or subconsciously it's still there and it's you know a basically a baby pacifier for difficult conversations that we don't want to participate in Mm. and you can check out just by being like oh what's happening on facebook yeah and that was really like poignant for me like that was my aha moment of the evening and i had so many last night and in particular yeah last night was we went to a housewarming and it was great it was lovely it was so nice and um thank you for hosting lucky (laughs) and um yeah, I was. I did. I too had a lot of really interesting conversations. I got much more drunk than you did, yes. but I still had great conversations. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was good. It was, and then so the second lens mm. that we're gonna approach it from. So we're we're talking about how young girls relate to each other and communicate with one another, mm-hmm. and then the missing element was how young boys do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like understand it too much until we were sitting in the Maccas at 3am um, and everyone was sort of talking and then two of the males that we were with were trying to sort of interact with one another mm. um, and like ribbing each other which is something where I believe you just like jokingly make fun of someone Yeah. Um, and then I remember just being like oh is that how you guys normally like speak to each other like is that what you guys normally do mm. and then yeah, we started having this conversation about how most male relationships involve a heavy amount of putting each other down or, like, exploiting each other's weaknesses and making fun of them. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's particularly healthy either. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I stumbled on something huge about the way that young men and women interact with one another and communicate mm. with one another mm. and how there's so much that we can do in that space to be able to flip that on its fucking head and be like actually we're going to prioritise mindfulness we're going to prioritise community we're going to prioritise belonging and making sure that people feel like they're seen and they're heard Um, because I much prefer the sound of that world Mm. than the idea that we're you know just superficially engaging with each other forever yeah this 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 is what I brought up to you today, but like the trans or non-binary or people in between being a girl or a boy, like their experience. I, as a cisgendered woman, I wouldn't know, but I think it would be they would either fit into one or the other mm. of those two experiences because I feel like they're the two mm. ends of the spectrum. 
But I, I also feel like we have so much to learn from people who are trans and non-binary as yes, well. Yes, for sure. You know, um, and it's something that I like to talk to you about often. You've heard me talk about this way too much, but like in most indigenous cultures around the world, trans and non-binary people were seen as shamans and healers mm. because they were the perfect balance of male and feminine energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, colonialism has wiped out completely from our history. Mm. Um, and it's why we see so much screwed up shit happening to trans and non-binary folk. Yeah. And it's not okay, you know, because knowing, and again, that kind of comes from the idea that being feminine is something that you shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, it all draws back down to that, that like the feminine is something that people are terrified of at the end of the day, like especially people who, you know, don't understand it. Truly, yeah. And who are quite ignorant. Yeah. And like, if that resonates like talk to me about it talk to us about it like this is a discussion we should, that we want to have yeah we should actually do an episode on that because yeah. i i as i've gotten older i've realized i've got a lot of internalized misogyny yeah. and um we all do yeah i mean i'm learning in, one day at a time <laughs> i mean living in this society everyone would yeah but um yeah so i don't i don't know where and again, I can't, I can't answer it, so I don't know where um, trans or non-binary people would fit in to how they use social media in, in, in what you realised. But um, I think it's incredibly interesting. Yes, and yeah. we should delve into it further. Yes. And but that, yeah, the event, 4th of May. Yes. Very excited about it. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be a panel afterwards to unpack everything that we discover um but yes if you'd like to attend please get in touch through wine power or good smell yes yes Mm -hmm. um we'll also have an online webinar link as well available for the event um too yeah and yeah i feel like there's just so many things that are happening right now but this is one of them that i'm like it feels right you know yeah no but i was thinking yes that experience that you witnessed of those girls on the bus I, like, probably did that myself. Mm. Like, thinking about it, I probably did that when I was, like, 14, 15. Mm. And I know so many girls growing up who, like, in high school, who have done the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it was Zara who actually raised that point tonight at our YM Power community meeting. Yeah. Um, about how our generation is somewhat perfectly placed to have this discussion and to host this discussion mm. because we have that lens of knowing what it was like before social media and living with social media which I think is so valuable and she brought that up and I was like holy damn like holy damn that's why we have these meetings like (laughs) yeah and these generations have been brought up on it yeah like little toddlers with iPads yeah that really gets to me and like I've mulled it over a little bit too much I think because I'm not going to have kids for a long time but like I've mulled it over about how I would deal with it. Would I give my toddler an iPad? Probably not. But also I'm not like against, I understand parents who decide to do that. But you know like these things, before this generation these conversations would not have been a thing. People would have been like what the, what the fuck is an iPad? Is for true. one. But- I think nuance for me personally I think I I know a few toddlers that are like very very difficult to deal with and sometimes you kind of just need to do something but there are other things that you can do as well yeah definitely not parent shaming but just like (laughs) an interesting thought just think about it you know applies a nuance (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah they're really 
because I don't know how I how my self-esteem would have coped if I had Instagram before I had Instagram because it came about when I was 15, 16 mm. and like if I had it earlier my self-esteem my god well I just I also think that you know there's no one to like when we were going into social media I think we um there was no one to really guide us through that either and like everyone was learning at the same time yeah what that looks like and things like that and like even though we know now there's no one doing that for the current generation I think that's problematic yeah because there's so much there that can like ruin your mental health you know and we haven't even like made people aware of that fact of that it that it's so corrosive because i do think that there is um i do think again in a heteronormative context i do think that men and women use social media in very different ways um like i think there's more of a pressure on women to curate their social media it has to be perfect they have to look good they have to like show their best selves it has to be natural it doesn't have it can't be too posed like you know what i mean like there's so much that's like you have to really like fine tune it with men they can just post a photo of them holding a fucking fish and everyone's like yes love it got it you and then like it would be like so badly lit they will like look like they've rolled out of bed kind of situation and everyone's like perfect model great true like i think that there's obviously a very big double standard and but they yeah they do use social media in such a different way Mm. and um again i don't really know the experience of people in between that people who don't fit the binary um i don't think i can talk on that um but yeah I those two ends of the spectrum definitely something we should have a conversation about as well at yes. some point yes yeah and I think um, if you just think about like gaming as well and the way that like men engage with each other in games mm. I think sometimes in some contexts it's quite problematic as well like I've seen um, videos of friends who have you know recorded their partners losing their minds Damn. in the dark like just it's it's some horror movie shit right like they're like illuminated by a screen and they're just like like screaming at people on the internet and I'm just like that's terrifying like yeah. imagine living with the someone the game broke down yeah, literally but also like in saying that like I hate to hate to play devil's avocado but here I go <laughs> in saying that we don't teach men how to deal with hard emotions true and we don't teach them that there are healthy healthier ways to channel that you know mm. it doesn't necessarily have to be through a game but some some boys and some men that's all they have in order to be able to express that emotion healthily it's either that or drywalls watch out you know <laughs> oh my god I'd be if I was a drywall I'd be scared <laughs> Yeah. Please not me. Not my beautiful face. <laughs> yeah. It's sad, but I feel like there's a lot that can be done in that space to try and make it better. Um, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but, you know, a big part of that is mentoring. Yes. You know? And a big part of that is making sure that you share that knowledge that you've learnt and try and build systems that serve people better yeah well like us going to these schools for that isma event we're going to be kind of mentoring these people i'm very excited we're going to be turning around and be like hello we're a temporary sort of mentor here for you Mm. we have 
we know social media. Possibly not like you do. <laughs> um, and I'm not TikTok famous, unfortunately. <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, I had I, a vine. <laughs> true. So did I. Do it for the vine. <laughs> um, and I think like there hasn't really been something like this. Because I remember when I was in high school, really the only times we'd talk about social media use by teenagers was when the police came in. Mm. And that was not really the greatest time because they came in with was quite blamey, quite Yeah. Like Don't send your naked photos to a boy. Yeah. Like Is that quite it? Yeah. Did I get it good? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but like quite like scare provoking they wanted you to be scared and I think that's the word that's what I was going for but that's really not the way to go about it it's so ineffective and I I always left them being like I feel so guilty even though I have nothing to be guilty about Mm. and I don't think that's I think that's horrible don't make little kids feel guilty for nothing for something that they might not even be doing yeah and I do understand that these what they were saying they needed to understand like they're big fucking issues and a lot of the like sharing things when you're underage like that is a bad <laughs> yes I do think that we had to like they have to understand that but I think there could have been so many ways of going about it better and also just packaging in a, a way that it seems more community collaborative yeah you know like where like if you hear it from I feel, I feel like sometimes the police can be very far removed from the community and that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah. Another discussion, another can of worms. But, yeah, if you have, like, social workers and youth workers delivering that instead of the police, you're already applying a much more accessible lens for so many people who might not necessarily have the best interactions with the police in general. Yeah, and yeah. they'd be able to be, like some connection happening yeah. as well and like I think the kids would take it on a bit more I loved Healthy Harold in primary school yes and so I don't I. understand why there wasn't something similar for like high school students yeah well that's when it needed to happen yeah I remember when I was when we first did Healthy Harold I didn't I was like, know these things. I was like in year three and I was like why are we talking about hard drugs like yeah what's a heroin like <laughs> and like I had never a female hero kids. oh <laughs> <laughs> But I had, like, never been around any of these things. Mm. Like, I didn't know half of it. Mm. It wasn't the time for it, because then by the time we got into high school, that's when it came about. when you start thinking about things like that, right? Yeah. Anyway, I think there was a lot of things that really could have done been done better. Like, in my high school, when we had those social media conversations, they split up the girls and the boys. And I yeah. think that's just so wrong in so many ways. Like, obviously, the gender binary is fake and it's a colonialist structure, for one. But also, for two, women's issues are men's issues and men's issues are women's issues. Like, don't split it up. Okay. And if anything, if you're going to talk about revenge porn in a heteronormative context... Don't be talking to the women about it. Be talking to the men. It's usually the male partners who are the ones that are perpetrating revenge porn. God, that makes me mad. It's not the women who are sending these photos that are the issue. They're the victim of revenge porn. If you think that you're sending a photo to your partner who you love and trust, they they broke that trust. 
There's not a consent there for the world to see your naked body. True. God damn it. And it just makes me... I could rant for ages about this. Like, what I think people don't understand is that these people, and, like, even now us, we live so much online. Social media has become so much a part of our lives that, of course, with that, our sexuality is kind of being like transferred onto online as well and so i don't think it's wrong to send photos like that of yourself if you consent to that go for it it's your body um obviously that's there's a caveat there with you have to be of age and i think you know what i mean like i think there's a lot in that Mm. but it's never wrong to do that and I think that when you really need to change the narrative of that and these policemen coming in with their police uniform being like only send photos that you're happy for your grandma to see it's not the right way to go about it no one's going to do that there's pressure on every side to send photos when you're like yeah, that yeah it's important oh, there are so many okay, benefits rant over, but like yeah, god it makes me mad so many like aside from basic empathy like learning how to be empathetic with one another like we really try and teach a lot of our mentors and mentees like basic advocacy skills too like how to advocate for yourself in the workplace um in a health context in education like all sorts of things that i wish i knew and like encouraging things like leadership like putting your hand up for leadership i know like in our last episode you were saying like that you didn't necessarily see yourself going into a leadership role but why not (laughs) Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you know? And then communities, you know, because that's that's the juice at the end of the day. Is we should be encouraging people to be part of communities. Yeah. I um a couple of years ago in one of my social sciences courses, um, we talked about how people believe that community is being lost now. Yeah, there's some scholars who believe that community is being lost, but I concluded from reading the main scholars um, reading, I forget his name it's this, it's this really old fashioned white cis man <laughs> and he um, he pretty much just was against the new ways that we've created community so I do take his point in that I do think some, like, some empathy and some support that we have through community in the way that we knew it once has been lost mm. but I do think that with social media and with technology and with like the future that now is um that there's new ways the community has become your followers can be a community Mm. and there's like reddit groups a community Mm. like any way that you can gain support or that you can feel less alone I think is community. Mm. So I I do agree that I think we've like lost some sort, like some sense of community and some very important things in community, but I think that it's just it's like morphed into something new. Yeah. And I mean like there's it's not like there's no going back to that either. Yeah. Like once you're able to acknowledge that there is something a little bit missing anyway, mm. like you can work to create something that it contains yeah you know yeah and we can we can work on the we can work on these new like sorts of community yeah absolutely absolutely and i think there is in some way a responsibility to create somewhat of a hybrid community you know yeah like we're, we're all kind of moving hybrid now because you know we are a global society mm. and we need to be looking at ourselves as more than just tribal countries that like yeah china versus this country and like 
you know, Australia this and Australia that. Like, we need to be thinking more as a global community. Yeah. And part of that is moving forward into the future, which is hybrid, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we have meetings now for YM Power and for ISMA that are video call, Zoom, Zoom specific, and also physical. Yeah. Like, yeah. we have both attendees. And I think that can be very much the space for our communities more broadly. Like, you can include Reddit communities and also include physical community meetup. Yeah, well, I do... I I think if we're going to tackle the big, big problems that all of the globe is facing, like climate change, world hunger, um, gender inequality, all of that, I think we can only do it united. I think, like... A lot of the time, we have been trying to do it through international aid. And in no way am I saying international aid is bad. In no way am I saying it's bad. coming for you. Yeah, don't come for me, Mum. <laughs> we appreciate it, and, like, it's done so much good. But I think, especially with things like climate change, we cannot do anything on our own. Yeah. And we have to do it together, because mm. it's, it's going to be affecting everyone. Mm. And big shout-out to the Tomorrow Movement. Yeah. A youth organization geared towards tackling climate change they do amazing work and we've been trying to get to some of their meetings but they just don't align sometimes with our (laughs) schedules but like big shout out they do really really cool work you should definitely check them out yeah um but i think also my dream one day is to sort of create and help facilitate like a connecting web of all these amazing organizations that are starting up and creating these massive little waves of change in this huge ocean of change and like create this inter-organization almost that is able to communicate on different advocacy initiatives and mm-hmm. campaigns but also roll out campaigns as an organization like as a as a unified body um, because I think that's the future, you know, like where you're able to create mass change because you're like, you've picked up the phone and you've called down the phone tree and you're like, hey mate, like I really need your support for X, Y, Z. And you do that 50 times over and those people do it 50 times over for 50 other people. And that's change. I think it would be hard. It is hard because there's so many discussions that need to be had around the negotiation of different people's values and ideas. Yeah. But I think that now is the time to do that. But like, countries like america would be hard to budge on it because they're already tribalistic in their own government this is correct but also i feel like they're the best place for it yeah yeah because they know the worst of what it could probably look like yeah and like the united nations have tried and like like that's another can of oh yeah yeah like organizations like the united nations and organizations like well you know like all of the paris agreement and like all of those different things like they have tried, but there's just so many flaws in there. Well, it's also it's also the idea that these people are like coming at it as people who have power in systems, yeah. um, who are quite removed from community on the best level Mm. Um, and they're people who are like deemed as representatives right and like whilst I'm all about representational politics I think it's you know it's got its place but also politics as a whole is inherently problematic because the people that you elect as representatives there are no real accountability measures in place to make sure that you hold them in place yeah so I definitely think that it's time for big community initiatives that are led by community to step up and say hey no you're fucking up yeah. We're taking the reins. Yeah. Sorry. You had up. you had your chance. Mm. You screwed it up. Yeah, now it's our turn. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's... Well, that's what they've said about the, like, Generation generation Z and, like, the next generation after, like, Generation Alpha. Um, they've said that we're, like, very activist and very switched on, which is different to ones before us. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so, like, even, for, like, from a very young age, hmm. we're, like, here and we're ready to fucking go. And, yeah, like, I've had... My mum has said to me many times, she's like, I'm sorry, I tried. And, and like, they did the best that they could with yeah. the tools that they had. I think that's one thing that, like, we we have to acknowledge. Yeah. As well, is that, like, there is room for mistakes and learning. Yeah. And you can, like, sometimes you just don't see something coming as well. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I'm no stranger to a mistake, you know? Yeah. Like, well, neither. You know, like, we, we've all made choices, and I feel like some I'm prouder of than others. Yeah. And... I think it's what I do with that at the end of the day that like really like shapes it all out mm. because you know if I made those mistakes and I'm like yeah I'm not gonna learn from it I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing which I can tell you there are a few people that I know who are doing that at the moment and I'm like how does that continue to help you yeah how does that help anybody else yeah like we all need to own our shit mm. take responsibility mm. where we need to and do better yeah and also, like, respect our past. Our past selves' decisions at the time. Yeah. Even if there were mistakes, you have to realise, like, at the time I was in sound mind and I decided to do this. Yeah. And it was a learning curve. Yeah. I always think about that because there are so many times where, like, I look back at it and I'm like, wow, that was cringe. <laughs> Why did I do that? Like, so many times, and there's so many... We'll probably get into it in the future. Mm. It doesn't help to look at it just through that one lens and be like, I regret that. Yeah. It's always the lens of, where can I go from here with that experience and with that knowledge? Yeah. And with these big problems, like climate change, and sometimes it just isn't the right time as well, and sometimes things need to happen in order for other things to happen, and... So, yeah, mum being like, I'm sorry, I tried, we all tried. You've made so much happen. And you've made it better for us and made way for us to maybe possibly fix it. And you know what? Like, she... I'm sorry, Sally. You should not be apologising, to be (laughs) honest with you. Like, when I stayed over at your lovely, lovely home, thank you for having us, I was, like, trying to go to sleep and I heard you in the next room over, like, listening to stat upon stat upon stat at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Like, this woman does not stop trying to learn things to try and help further social good and social movements. So, no apologies. She cannot (laughs) apologise. Thank you for everything you do. Um, And thank you for bringing beautiful Tallulah into this world. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That was so sweet of you. <laughs> it had to be said, you know. <laughs> you know, I feel like sometimes mum, mums, they must feel this that the best thing that they could have done sometimes was bring someone up who could continue on their good work. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I I want to be a mum one day, and I hope to like grow up and a little activist as well. I could so see you being a mum, mostly because at three a.m. at Macca's last night. 
I took this, iconic, <laughs> I took this iconic photo of Tallulah eating her little 3am Maccas <laughs> with her little bun and her handbag on her shoulder and this little drink in her hand and she just looked so disapproving. She was like her kids had literally like rolled on the floor and started fighting each other in the middle of a busy Maccas. I just bought you a Happy Meal! We're gonna share the photo on, on our okay. Instagram. Once, once this comes out. <laughs> just so you guys have it for context but it was it was an iconic moment and Tallulah's gonna be a mum one day like <laughs> she already is she I signed am. me in as her, as her dependent yeah you were my child last I'm night <laughs> 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 so funny. I want to create a little activist I think you would you create the best little activist she'd be so cute yeah I just assumed it'd be a she I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm down for a go. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, we're going to wrap up our second episode. Ooh. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, we have so much more that we want to talk to you guys about, but we'll be doing this weekly, I think we've decided. Yeah. So stay tuned. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And tell everyone. Yeah, share it with your mama. Yeah. And your pups. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on your socials. Yeah. And if you want to find out more information about Wine Power, go to www.wineempower.com.au. Follow us on Instagram. Hit us up on Facebook. We have LinkedIn. Get in contact. Come to our next community meeting on the 12th of May. Yeah. It's online until we want to do it physically at some point, but it'll always be hybrid because we have national members. Thank you so much. And we really, really, really appreciate the support and the love that we've gotten from you guys so far. So Yeah. Um, someone last night called us strong women. And I was like, yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs>